0: Hello and welcome to ZF1 Amateur Podcast, hosted by me, Homera Ruth. I hope you're doing well. I hope life is going just as well as you'd like it to. But if for one reason or another it is not, I always say take it to the Lord Jehovah in prayer and hopefully some Formula One will cheer you up. Welcome to this podcast channel, which is all about Formula One races. So I've been covering Formula One races from twenty 2020 through to 2021 2022 and the entire 2023 season so if you ever missed a race or would like to catch up on one you must definitely will find it on this podcast channel welcome to today's episode for the last time which is about the formula one mc msc cruises belgian grand prix 2023 now because that's a mouthful i will constantly refer to it as the belgian grand prix now this year's Belgian Grand Prix had a sprint format. You might remember that this year, Formula One introduced um, sprint events at six Grands Prix. So we had one at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, which was from the 27th to the 29th of April. We had one in, I believe, Austria, which was from the 30th of June to the 2nd of July. We're going to have one. By the time you listen to this podcast, it would have ended. But we're going to have one in Belgium. From the 27th to the 29th of July. The fourth one we'll have will be in Qatar from the 5th to the 7th of October. And there another one thereafter, we'll have another one at the U.S. Grand Prix, which will be from the 19th to the 21st of October. And the final one of the year will be in November at the Brazilian Grand Prix. So that is it. Welcome to the third Sprint Grand Prix weekend in Formula One this year, 2023. So here's how the weekend schedule looked like. So on the 28th of July, we had the practice session and a qualifying session as well. Now, the qualifying session was the traditional qualifying session. So it determines the grid lineup for Sunday's race. Then on Saturday, the 29th of July, we had the sprint shootout in the morning and then the sprint itself later on in the day. Then on Sunday, we had the race race itself. We'll get into understanding how all that works later on in case you're new to the Formula 1 sport. But uh, first things first, let's talk about Belgium. It's one of those places I enjoy races at. Sometimes I actually don't enjoy races because it rains a lot and uh, this weekend was no different. There was a little bit of rain in different sessions. So, but... Overall, I love Spa because it's the longest Formula One circuit. So that means it's very fast. At least I feel like it's very fast. It sits in the company of Baku. Baku is about six kilometers uh, or just over six um, kilometers long. It sits in the company of Silverstone, Sochi... Uh, I don't think we have the Russian Grand Prix in the calendar. Oh, it sits in the company as well of Paul Ricard. We're also not going racing there. That's in France. Suzuka as well. Monza. Oh, you got to love Monza. <laughs> also, Yas Marina. So it's one of the longest circuits in the calendar. It's actually the longest Formula One circuit on the calendar, I believe, because it has a length of seven point zero zero four kilometers. That's about four point three five two miles. It's pretty pretty long. Remember, I contrasted it with the Hungaro Ring last time around, which was I think last week at the Hungarian Grand Prix. We were talking about how short the Hungaro Ring is compared to longer circuits like Monza and Spa. And you'll find that at the Hungaro Ring, you do more laps compared to the laps you would do. In Spa, but that's because of the circuit length. So in Spa you do 44 laps But that's because the circuit is so long. Whereas at other shorter circuits you could go you could do about 60 laps 70 laps That's the whole thing But the race distance you always find it quite close to each other. The race distance covered by drivers in Spa is about three hundred po- 308.052 kilometers That's about 191.415 miles, and that is quite similar to other circuits when you look at the number of laps that they have, despite the fact that they may be shorter than Spa. But you just have to love Spa. It is the Belgian Grand Prix after all. It is one of the first races you had in the Formula 1 calendar. I wasn't even around that time. That was in nineteen fifty. We had the Belgian Grand Prix on the Formula 1 calendar. And it was Manuel Fangio that won the race in an Alfa Romeo. Oh, Alfa Romeo would love to go back to those days of winning. The second place finisher was Luigi Fagioli. He was also in an Alfa Romeo. Oh, my God. What us would love that? And in third place was Louis Rozia who was in a Taubo, Lago Taubo. Now, that is a team that is not on the grid anymore. At least not like that. We don't know about it that way but uh, spa is notorious dan gani dan gani was an american driver who won races in formula one IndyCar, nascar and so many other series he described the track as the circuit that separates the boys from the men spa is not exactly easy despite the fact that it's very long it's it's not for the faint-hearted in fact i think the driver who has dominated here the most is michael schumacher he has won six times lewis has only won four times but that's still impressive but here's the thing. Louis has been on the pole at Spa six times. So that's also quite impressive. Now, the circuit was designed in 1921 by Jules Dethier and Henry Langlois van Offen. I don't know who they are, but it was originally 40, over 14,000 kilometers long. It was about 14,981 kilometers long. And I think that was pretty long. Because at this point in time, Spa is the longest circuit on the track. Now, can you imagine if it was... Twice its length. That was so long. I don't know what lap um, times were like at that time, at that point in time, because anyway the cars were even slower. But who that was a long lap if you had to do one. But anyway, it was built in the sh- in a shape back then that connected Francochamp, Malmedy, and Stavelot. But because of how fast it was back in the day and how dangerous it became to race that, it has been changed over the years to make it safer. But uh, there've still been so many accidents at Spa. And um, it's quite unfortunate as well because of that happening. Now, the circuit has two DRS zones. The first one is along Turn 1 and Turn 3. And the other one is along Turn 17 and Turn 18. They all have names, but I don't know how to pronounce the names. And uh, drivers do 44 laps, which is what I said. And it has 19 turns. Now, the last time we went racing here was, I think, in 2020. The winners were Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez finished second, Carlos Sainz came third on the podium, Russell finished third and Alonso finished fourth. And prior to that, in 2021, it was Max Verstappen who won the race. In 2020, it was Lewis who finished second, who finished first, sorry, so he won the race. In 2019, hear this, it was Charles Leclerc who won the race in a Ferrari. And prior to that, in 2018, it was Sebastian Vettel who won the race in a Ferrari. Now, when it comes to setting the lap record here at Spa, it is the one and only Valtteri Bottas who set it in 2018. It's a 1 minute point, 46 seconds, 0.286. It's been hard to beat that. It's been really hard for a lot of drivers to be able to beat that. Now, coming into Spa, at the moment, when it comes to the driver standings, Max Verstappen is leading by a whopping 110 points from Sergio Perez, who is ahead of the one and only Fernando Alonso. I don't know how Max do, does it, but he just really, really, really does it. He really, he's a bullet. I like to refer to him as a bullet. Also, when he, speaking of Fernando Alonso, he's impressive, but he could be able. He might lose the third place standings in the, the third place standing in the driver championship. I feel like if if uh, things don't improve for Aston Martin, that's just my thing. That's just how I think it could go down by the end of the season. But anyway, who knows and um also you might want to know that it is alonso's 18th belgian grand prix he has never won the race here but he has been able to do it 18 times that was impressive and also it was his birthday on friday so happy birthday alonso happy belated birthday alonso now, moving on to the constructors' standings, it is, of course, you guessed it, Red Bull Racing that is leading Mercedes with Aston Martin in third place. Oh, I am sure Lawrence Stroll is so pleased. Now, as usual, we had the same tire supplier, Pirelli, and they brought the C2-designated hard tires, the C3-designated medium tires, and the C4-designated the soft tires for the race at Spa. We also had a few things changing. We saw this was going to be the last race for Alpine team principal Otmar Zafna and Alpine sporting director Alan Perman. It was, um uh, I don't know whether it's sad or it's a good, uh, okay, it's not a good thing for somebody to lose their job. So that's sad, but I'd never really know that much about what goes on internally in teams, so I don't really know. But I know Alpine has spent a lot of money, so I'm pretty sure they would want to get certain kinds of results, and they haven't been performing as well as they wanted to. I had something. I think I had this, but I'm not sure if it's correct. I stand stand to be corrected on this one. But I once heard that Otmar Zafna said that he wanted to get to at least 100 races with Alpine, but unfortunately he has not even done. Has he done half that amount? I don't know. But he has not been. able to reach that far without losing his job. That's quite sad. Elsewhere on the grid, Pat Fry is joining Williams as their new chief technical officer. And uh, I think that would be good for them. I don't know. I really don't. I never really know that internal stuff when it comes to teams, but I work hard on learning that as well. Then we also saw teams bringing upgrades to the Belgian Grand Prix. We saw Alpine, we saw Mercedes. They were among the teams that brought upgrades to Spa. Now, here are some interesting facts that I love about Spa. Did you know that George Russell's first pole position for Williams was at Spa in 2021? I love Spa. I told you I love Spa. And did you also know that Charles Leclerc's first Grand Prix win was at Spa in 2019 in a Ferrari? told you i love spa so i think that's a pretty good introduction about spa otherwise i'll keep talking and talking and talking let's take a short break and when we return we'll get into the qualifying which determined the greed for the race on sunday welcome back from that short break now let's get into the activities that happened at the belgian grand prix weekend Now, I have to say, sometimes I explain some of the most basic things in Formula 1, but that's because some people are not as confident with the sport as you might be, so please bear with me. So, for this weekend, we only had one practice session, which... I know for teams that may not be very ideal because practice sessions help teams be able to gather information about the track, understand whether the upgrades are working well, drivers able to acquaint themselves with a the track layout. It's just very necessary. But because we have a sprint format, we had a sprint format at the Belgian Grand Prix. We only had one practice session. And this is what happened during the practice session. First of all, it was rainy. Spa is always rainy okay not always rainy but so many times that we go there it rains in 2021 we did not have a race we literally did not have a race because of the rain anyway in fb one it was rainy we saw alex albon sliding off the wet track at turn 18 and later on over the grass at turn 5 we saw logan Sarge and his teammate hitting the barrier which brought out the red flags briefly We saw Yu running wide at turn 8 and then he eventually brushed the barriers. We saw also, now this was um, unrelated to the practice session, but Max Westappen was given a 5-plus grid penalty for the race on Sunday because he got additional gearbox components which exceeded the allowed number. So at the end of the session, it was Carlos Sainz who was fastest overall. Oscar Piastri was second fastest. Then you had Lando, then Leclerc and Sergio Perez. Now let's get into the qualifying. Now you, might, you have to remember that this qualifying determined the greed for the race on Sunday. It had nothing to do with the sprint. So for now, don't think about the sprint. If you're new to the sport you have a qualifying session because formula one tracks are built narrow they're not built wide enough to accommodate all 20 cars starting on the same racing line so to determine who starts at the front who starts in the middle who starts at the back you have a qualifying session And the qualifying session lasts for an hour and it is split into three quarters with intervals in between. You have the first quarter lasting for 18 minutes where you have the 20 drivers come out on track, try to set the fastest lap times that they could possibly set. And at the end of the session, the five slowest drivers are eliminated from further qualifying and they occupy grid places from p20 to p16 on the grid on cam race day on sunday then you have an interval then you come back for q2 which lasts for 15 minutes the same thing happens the five slowest drivers are eliminated and they occupy grid places from p15 to p11 on the grid come the race day on sunday then you have an interval then you come back for the third quarter which is q3 and there you have the top 10 drivers they said try to set the fastest lap times that they could possibly set at the end of the session the fastest driver overall takes pole second fastest takes second place third fastest takes third place and so on till the 10th place on the grid that is how it works now let's quickly go through what happened at the belgian grand prix qualifying so in Q1, we saw drivers coming out on a mixed set of fresh and intermediate tires because the truck wasn't completely dry like you would have in probably Baku or Azerbaijan, Baku Azerbaijan or in Bahrain. So you needed intermediates as well. Then with 16 minutes um, left in the clock, we saw Logan Sargent still stuck in the garage because mechanics were repairing his car from the crash that he had in FP1, which we talked about. We saw Max Verstappen and Alex Albon being noted for impeding, I think, at 10:18. Then we saw, at one point, Landon Norris running wide and bouncing over the carbs, which damaged his flow. his car flow, and I'm sure his wing as well was damaged. Then later on, with eight minutes left, we saw Logan Sargent making it onto the track on fresh intermediates. We also saw Nico Hulkenberg being delayed in the pits because of a hydraulics problem with the car. And uh, we saw Daniel Ricciardo improving to 6th fastest on the grid. But unfortunately, his lap times were deleted. So at the end of the session, the 5 drivers that were eliminated were Alex Albon, Joe Guanyu, Logan Sargent, Daniel Ricciardo, and Nico Hulkenberg. In Q2, we saw Pierre Gasly and Alex Albon being noted by the stewards for impeding in Q1. We saw with only, I think, 4 minutes into the session or... I, I'm not sure about the time, but we saw Landon Norris coming on the track a little bit later. He was the last driver to come out on the track. And I think that's, that was because mechanics were checking his car after uh, him, you know, hitting the, the Cubs in Q1, what we talked about. Then we also saw Lewis and George Russell, noted by the stewards, for joining the track unsafely. We saw Esteban Ocon running wide and then hitting the wall side on, so he had to pit. At the end of the session, it was Yuki Tsunoda, Pierre Gasly, Kevin Magnussen, Valtteri Bottas, and Esteban Ocon that were eliminated. In Q3, we saw Kevin Magnussen and Charles Leclerc being noted by the stewards for impeding in Q2. So Kevin Magnussen was not in Q3, but that we got to know that then. And I think it was only five teams that made it to Q3. It was Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, Aston Martin, and McLaren. We saw DRS being enabled because finally the track was much drier. I told you over the weekend it was a little bit wet. And uh, we saw Kevin Magnus eventually being penalized with a grid place penalty drop for the race on Sunday because he impeded Charles Leclerc earlier on. And uh, we saw Max Verstappen taking pole position. But remember, he had a five-place grid penalty. So Charles Leclerc would inherit pole position on Sunday. So here are your qualifying results for the qualifying that happened on Friday for the Belgian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen qualified on pole, but remember, he has a great place drop. Charles Leclerc qualified second. Sergio Perez qualified third. Louis Hamilton qualified fifth. Fourth, sorry. In fifth was Carlos Sainz Jr. In sixth was Oscar Piastri. In seventh was Landon Norris. In eighth was George Russell. In ninth was Fernando Alonso. And in 10th place was Lance Stroll. In 11th was Yuki Sinoda. In 12th was Pierre Gasly. In 13th was Kevin Magnussen. In 14th was Valtteri Bottas. In 15th was Esteban Ocon. In 16th was Alex Albon. In 17th was Joe Guanyu. In 18th was Logan Sargent. In 19th was Daniel Ricciardo. And in 20th place was Nicole Hulkenberg. Welcome back from that short break. Now let's go through the sprint shootout. For the Belgian Grand Prix. Now think of the sprint shootout as a qualifying format for the sprint race. Now everything to do with the sprint happens on a Saturday and last year the format was a little bit different from what it is this year. Last year the traditional qualifying determined the grid for the sprint and then the sprint results determined the grid for Sunday's race. But this year, things were changed. So on a Grand Prix weekend, you start with the only practice session of the weekend, which was on Friday. Later on in the day, you have the traditional qualifying, which determines Sunday's race. Then on Saturday, it's all about the sprint. So you have a sprint shootout first, which is used to determine the grid for the sprint race that happens later on. The sprint shootout works like traditional qualifying, but only that it's shorter. So you have SQ1, which is shootout. I think it's sprint Q- quarter one or shootout quarter one. I don't know what it stands for, but just think of it as Q1. But it's um SQ1, which lasts for 12 minutes and drivers are mandated to use medium tires. Then you have an interval of 7 minutes, then you have SQ2 which lasts for 10 minutes, and drivers are mandated to use the medium tyres, then you have an interval, then you have SQ3 which lasts for 8 minutes, and drivers are mandated to use the soft tyres. So, that is how it works. Does it make sense? Now, during the sprint shootout, earlier on, it was raining, yeah? And the truck was still missed in terms of visibility. And because of that, uh, the mandatory tire compounds were waived so drivers could use the tire choices, their own personal tire choices or the team's tire choices without those mandatory medium tires for SQ1 and SQ2, and then the softs for SQ3. So most of the drivers naturally opted for intermediates because the truck was drying. And uh, in SQ1, we saw Lewis and Max being noted by the stewards for impeding. And the result was no further investigation. We also saw, unfortunately, Nico Halkenberg failing to set a flying lap because he had, I think, a broken front jack or trolley. Something was broken on his car, so he failed to set a flying lap. At the end of the session, it was Yuki Tsunoda, Valtteri Bottas, Kevin Magnussen, Joe Guan and Nico Halkenberg that were eliminated from moving on to SQ2. In SQ2, the truck was still not dry enough for slicks, so most drivers came out on the intermediates as well. We had a yellow flag waved because Logan Sargent spun at turn 15, but thankfully he got going again. Then we also had red flags as Lance Stroll, um, he slid off the track at turn 8 and ended up in the barrier. So the red flag came out and the session wasn't resumed. At the end of it, it was Daniel Ricciardo, Alex Albon, Logan Sargent, Lance Straw and I believe Fernando Alonso that were eliminated. In Q3, it was all about the battle for the pole position and drivers battled it out. And you guessed it, Max Verstappen won the battle. So here are your sprint shootout results. Max Verstappen qualified on pole. Oscar Piastri, impressively, qualified second. Carlos Sainz came third. Charles Leclerc came fourth. Lando Norris came fifth. Pierre Gasly came sixth. Louis Hamilton came seventh. Sergio Perez came eighth. Esteban Ocon came ninth. George Russell came tenth. In 11th was Daniel Ricciardo, in 12th was Alex Albon, in 13th was Logan Sargent, in 14th was Lance Stroll, in 15th was Fernando Alonso, in 16th was Yuki Tsunoda, in 17th was Valtteri Bottas, in 18th was Kevin Magnussen, in 19th was Joe Guanyu, and in 20th place was considered a DNF, but it was Nico Hulkenberg because remember, he couldn't set a flying lap. <laughs> now welcome back from that short break let's quickly go through the sprint now the sprint is usually 100 kilometers it lasts for would i say it lasts for or drivers cover about 100 kilometers it's supposed to i think be a third of the usual race distance so that could be about 100 kilometers and it could last from between 30 minutes to more but it's not very long Yeah, now different uh, circuits have like different laps that could be translated from 100 kilometers. For example, in Austria, that was 100 kilometers was about 24 laps. In Spa, because of how long the circuit is, 100 kilometers is about 15 laps. So that's how long the sprint uh, race lasted for. Now, also remember that uh, only the top eight drivers who finish. In the top 8 spots are given points, so the 1st driver gets 8 points, 2nd driver 7 points, 3rd driver 6 points, 4th driver 5 points, 5th driver 4 points, 6th driver 3 points, 7th driver 2 points, and 8th driver 1 point. And no point is awarded for the fastest lap in the sprint, unlike what you'd see in 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 a usual race. Now, you have to remember also, like I said, spies the weather conditions are just always tricky. So the truck was wet and we had a delayed start. In fact, at the start, all drivers were on wet tires. And we had about four formation laps behind the safety car. And then we had a rolling start. So most drivers even passed by the pit stops fast. Now, since I think because we're done four laps of uh, behind the safety car, we had about 11 laps of racing, something along those lines. And uh, we saw a bit of a change up on the grid. We saw at the first lap, Carlos Sainz started in third place, dropping to 15th because he had to beat for Inters. That was his choice. And at the top of the grid, it was Max Verstappen leading Leclerc, Lander in third and Ocon in fourth. On lap two, we saw Max pitting, Max, Leclerc, and Lando pitted. So did, as well as Esteban Ocon, who was in fourth, Russell in fifth, Logan in sixth, and Alonso in seventh. Now, because they pitted, other drivers moved to the top. And one of those drivers was Oscar Piastri. He took the lead ahead of Max. So he took the lead as Max was coming out of the pit stops. And behind him, we had Gasly in third, Perez in fourth. And I think Lewis was running in fifth place as well. Then by the third lap, we saw Max Verstappen, who was in second place, starting to catch up with Osta- Oscar Piastri. Sorry, so he was about eight tenths of a second away from Oscar. So any time he was about to make the move. Then still on that lap, a few moments later, we saw Fernando Alonso losing it. Fernando Alonso was running in sixth place. He lost it and bitched it in the gravel after hitting the barriers so that brought out the yellow flags and then two laps later we had the green flags but alonso was a dnf then in lap six we saw yuki Tsunoda, who was running in 17th place bring out the yellow flags after going wide but that was just very short-lived because we got green flags a few moments later. And also from on that lap towards the end, Max Verstappen eventually overtook Oscar Piastri. And we also saw some wheel-to-wheel action between Sergio Perez, who was running in fourth, and Lewis Hamilton, who was running in fifth. In fact, they made contact as they went through the Stevelot corner. In the next lap, on lap seven, Lewis overtook Sergio Perez. Carlos Sainz also overtook Sergio Perez. So Perez dropped down to 6th place. And then we again saw another overtake. This time it was Sean Leclerc. He overtook Sergio Perez. So Sergio Perez dropped further the grid. And then towards the end of that lap, Sergio Perez lost it, went off track onto the gravel. And uh, he managed to rejoin the, tr- the the sprint in 12th place. Fast forward to, tenth, to the 10th lap. We saw Lewis being given a 5-second penalty for causing that collusion with Sergio Perez that we talked about. The contact they had. And we saw... George Russell overtaking Daniel Ricciardo for eighth place, so Ricciardo dropped to ninth. But eventually, he dropped even to tenth place after Ocon passed him. So here are your race results for the sprint at the Belgian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen won it. Impressively, Oscar Piastri finished second. Pierre Gasly came third. Carlos Sainz came fourth. Charles Leclerc came fifth. Lando came sixth. Lewis finished seventh. Russell finished eighth. Ocon finished ninth, and Ricciardo finished tenth. In 11th was Lance Stroll, in 12th was Alex Albon, in 13th was Valtteri Bottas, in 14th was Kevin Magnussen, in 15th was Joe Guanyu, in 16th was Logan Sargent, in 17th was Nico Hulkenberg, in 18th was Yuki Tsunoda, and we had two drivers who were DNFs, that was Sergio Perez and Fernando Alonso. Welcome back from that short break, now let's get into the race itself. Remember, in Belgium, we do 44 laps at Spa, which has 19 tons, 10 to the left, 9 to the right, and where drivers can achieve speeds of over 250 kilometers per hour. So that, my friend, is really, really fast. The truck was dry, thank God, because it always rains at Spa. And if you've listened to like the previous uh, segments in this episode, you'd have heard me talk about wet conditions here and there. Before we get into the race, you have to know that Nico Halkenberg got a new power unit, so he had to start the race from the pit lane. Daniel Ricciardo started in 19th because he had deleted lap times, which we talked about in qualifying on Friday. And Kevin Magnussen started in 16th place because of a three-place grid penalty that he got for impeding Charles Leclerc. Max Verstappen started sixth because of a five-place grid penalty that we talked about on Friday as well. So on the front row, we had Charles Leclerc on pole and Sergio Perez in second. Now, let's go through the race quickly, shall we? On lap one, Charles Leclerc managed to get away from Sergio Perez. It was impressive, if you ask me. A little bit behind him, Lewis Hamilton moved up into third place from fourth. That was also good. Unfortunately for Ferrari, as they were going into Lasso's, Carlos Sainz Jr. turned into Oscar Piastri. And so Oscar suffered a broken front wing after the collusion with Sainz and he dropped to 20th place on the grid, which was quite sad because he had something really good going on over the weekend, while Carlos Sainz sustained a damaged side. Carlos remained actually in 5th place. Oscar really, really suffered from that. Later on, towards the end of the lap, Sergio Perez overtook Charles Leclerc, the Red Bull, the Ferrari, we all know who has the wings, so... Sergio Perez overtook Charles Leclerc and his teammate Max Verstappen, who started in sixth place had moved up two places so he was running in fourth place. By lap two it was Sergio Perez in first place, Charles Leclerc in second, Louis Hamilton in third, Max Verstappen in fourth and Carlos Sainz was still running in fifth place. We also got to see Esteban Ocon overtaking Jogwen Yu for 3rd place. We saw things getting worse for Oscar Piastri as he was parked by the barriers which brought out the yellow flags. And eventually on the 3rd lap, his car was removed and we got green flags. So Oscar Piastri did not finish the race. He was a DNF. Also on lap 3, we had DRS enabled. So that was nice. Overtaking could be done much easier. And impressively, Nico Hakenberg, who remember had started from the pit lane, was up into 7th place. It doesn't seem like a lot but overtaking in Formula 1 is not as easy as you would think so I thought that to be great especially in a car like Haas. Meanwhile unfortunately on the other hand Daniel Ricciardo had started in 19th place was still stuck in 19th place on the grid. On lap 4 we saw the race leader Sergio Perez setting the fastest lap I mean, I'm sure over at the Red Bull pit wall, they were so happy with what was happening. But it actually matters how you end. So let's get to see how, that's, how that played out. We also saw Alonso overtaking Carlos Sainz for 5th place. So Carlos dropped down to 6th. On lap 5, we saw more overtakes. This time it was on Lando Norris. And uh, the first one was Lance Stroll overtaking Lando Norris for ninth place. So Lando dropped to 10th. We saw Russell overtaking Lando for 10th place. So Lando dropped to 11th. And then we saw Russell again overtaking Stroll for 9th. And Stroll dropped for 10th. But that was momentarily because Stroll came back with a bang. He got his place right back almost immediately. Anyway, by lap 6, McLaren, you know, they had lost the drive already. And they really wanted to get this thing right. Lando Norris was losing places. And he was now in 11th place like we said earlier. So on lap 6, they pitted him and he came back on the track in 17th place with hope that he could get better on those new attires. We also saw other drivers pitting. There was Kevin Magnussen in 18th and Daniel Ricciardo in 19th. He also pitted as well. And as that was happening, we saw Max Verstappen overtaking the one and only Lewis Hamilton for 3rd place. So Max Verstappen moved up into 3rd place. Lewis dropped to 4th place. Now on lap 7... We saw Lance Stroll overtaking Carlos Sainz for 8th place, so Sainz dropped to ninth. We also saw George Russell overtaking Sainz, so Sainz again dropped to 10th while Russell moved up into 9th. Meanwhile, Max Verstappen was setting the fastest lap after overtaking Lewis. And we also saw other drivers pitting. We saw Gasly, Ocon and Bottas pitting. When it came to Spa, the tyre strategy really got a a few people a little bit confused. They weren't sure. And because it was a sprint weekend anyway, you only had one practice session. Like I said at the start of this episode, practice really helps you gather as much data as you can. So maybe that also played a part. They had only one practice session and a lot of the times the track was wet. So they didn't really have that much time to run the dry compounds as much as they would have wanted to so anyway, we saw on lap 8, the following lap, Logan Sargent overtaking, Carlos signed for 10th place. So Carlos dropped down again to 11th. And I think at that point, Ferrari realized we're not doing something right. So they pitted him. And when he pitted, he rejoined the track in 18th place. He wasn't the only one who pitted. Jogwanyu pitted as well, and he rejoined behind him in 19th place. On that same lap, Kevin Magnussen, who was running in 12th place, he was on new tyres because he had pitted on lap 6. He said the fastest lap, so he took it away from Max Verstappen. The next lap on lap 9, we saw Logan Sargent in ninth place, pitting and rejoining in 19th place, so he lost 10 places on the grid. Ouch. Then we saw Max Verstappen overtaking Charles Leclerc for 2nd place, so Charles as well was dropping, so he dropped to 3rd. That wasn't too bad, but then it's a Ferrari and it was too early in the race, so they were right to be worried. And, um, yeah, at this particular point, Oscar Piastri was the first driver, the only driver actually out of the race. And you have to remember, it was his second DNF of the season because I think he retired. Was it in Bahrain? I start to be corrected. But yes, he has, he has had them coming in as well. Anyway, we get to two laps later, two laps later, I don't know the math, but on lap 11, fernando alonso was running in fifth place he pitted and rejoined in eighth so that just shows you how close the grid was because if you pitted you're most likely to lose so many positions when you come out of the pits meanwhile impressively i have to say impressively daniel ricardo was up into 14th place by lap 11 remember he was running in 19th place on lap 6 so that was impressive the honey badger was back Then, um, two laps later, on lap 13, Lewis was running in fourth place behind Charles Leclerc, Max Verstappen, and Sergio Perez. He decided to pit, and when he came out of the pit, he rejoined in fourth place on new mediums ahead of Lance Stroll, who was in fifth. Now that is what is that for me. That's what I feel like that that's like good strategy making. I don't know what it's called, but the strategists said Mercedes are just top notch. Mercedes Red Bull. I don't know what they put in their sauce, but it's really good because to be able to make such great calculations, have your driver you know come and pit and not lose a position, this and that. I know there's a lot of other factors to throw in there, but it also comes with a good strategist, and I just love that. I just love it. Seeing it work out so perfectly, it just makes me happy anyway. Anyway, the next lap on lap 14, we saw Sergio Perez in first place, pitting. So when he pitted, his teammate Max Verstappen inherited first place. Perez came out of the pits in second place. It's not bad of a strategy, but you also have to remember at the back of your mind. I'm not saying this is true, but you know, from the outside, at least from my very subjective opinion, I would think Red Bull actually wants Max to win this again and... They tend to throw everything at Max. Okay, that's just my subjective opinion. I could be wrong, but there you go. You had it. Anyway, I could be wrong. You know, if Red Bull ever wants to hire me, don't use this as a basis. But yes, so (laughs) over at Ferrari, we saw Sean Leclerc in that place, pitting, and he rejoined in that place ahead of Lewis. Which was not bad for a Ferrari strategy. That was good. And uh, we saw also Max Verstappen in first place pitting. And later on, he rejoined in second place behind Perez. So, that throws away everything that I just said where I thought Max was, you know, uh, more favoured. So, I take that back. Anyway, two laps later, we saw, unfortunately, Ferrari, the other team driver... Carlos Sainz still stuck in 19th place. But I think there was something else going on with Sainz's car. I think it was an engine or something. There was something else going on with Sainz's car. Because I know he's he's a good driver. Like, mm mm-mm, that ain't him. Anyway, we get to lap 17. And Max takes the lead from Perez. Like I told you, he's a bullet. And uh, we also see over at Mercedes, George Russell overtaking Lance Stroll for 6th. So Lance Stroll dropped to 7th. I also have to give credit where credit is due. Lance Stroll put on a fight in this race. He showed us what racing is. He was constantly, you know, making up places. Yes, he would lose them, but he wouldn't lose them because he wasn't a good driver. He would lose them because he was, uh, he, you know, it's a Red Bull, it's an Aston Martin. I mean, it's a Mercedes, it's an Aston Martin. Compare the two. I know they have the same engine thingies and all that, but yeah, you have to put two and two together. So Lance Stroll really did a pretty good job, I should say. On lap 18, we saw Max Verstappen setting the fastest lap. That is not a shock. And uh, we also saw Landon Norris in 16th. He pitted and rejoined in 19th behind Carlos Sainz. So that was not good at all for McLaren. They just didn't have it this race. But it also had, I think, to do with, um, with the car. I don't know what it was, but it just was not McLaren's day. What is it that the young people say these days? It wasn't giving. Anyway, on lap 21, it started to rain a little bit. And because it started to rain, Lance Stroll took it upon himself, well, not himself alone. But Aston Martin pitted Lance Stroll, who was in ninth place, and he rejoined 9 places below. He rejoined in 18th place ahead of Carlos Sainz Jr. So I think the idea was that if it actually fully rained, they would have gotten it right. But they did not. Because it did not heavily rain. But let's go on and see. Elsewhere, I was impressed by Daniel Ricciardo. He was up into 12th place. Like, I wasn't a big fan of him being back at Alpha but I give credit where credit is due. He was back into 12th. That was impressive. His team at Meanwhile, Yuki Tsunoda is 8th. Sometimes I just forget about Yuki Tsunoda, but he's actually a pretty good driver. I will give him that as well. Lap 22, we saw Valtori Bottas overtaking Daniel Ricciardo for 12th place. So Daniel Ricciardo dropped to 19th. I I think i spoke too early then because that was a house overtaking an alpha tauri put them on a weighing scale really on lap 23 we saw london race overtaking logan sergeant for 16th place so logan dropped to 17th place logan is another driver i still i'm still yet to decide like i still don't know where he falls but yeah i'm still yet to decide Anyway, on that same lap, we saw a few drivers as well pitting. We saw Russell, who was in 6th place pitting. Gasly pitted as well. Ricardo pitted as well. I was so hot when Ricardo pitted because he came out of a pit in 19th place. But anyway, he had to. Gasly came out in 7th place, so that was not terrible. Russell came out in 15th place, but he was in a Mercedes. Lap 24, we saw Landon Norris overtaking Joe for 13th place. So the pit stop actually helped because remember, on lap 18, he was running in 19th place behind signs after pitting. So the new tyres came in handy because by lap 24, he was up into 13th place. Joe had dropped to 14th place after that overtake. On that lap, we saw Carlos signs in 19th place, pitting and retiring because I think they saw that it did not make sense at all and maybe the car just cannot go any further. They were done and done and done. So he was a second retirement. I don't know why I paused. It's like as though somebody passed on. But anyway, on lap 25, we saw Yuki Tsunoda in 7th place. He pitted and rejoined 12th. So he lost a couple of places. But that wasn't so bad. Because I told you the greed was so close to each other. The closer they are, the more places you're going to lose when you pit. So we saw Logan Sargent pitting as well. Valtteri Bottas pitting as well. And impressively... Landon Norris was up into ninth place by this lap. On lap 26, we saw Esteban Ocon in 6th place pitting. And when he did pit, it gave Landon Norris room to move up. And uh, he was up into 7th place. While Ocon rejoined 6 places below where he was from in 12th. Lap 27, impressively, credit where credit is due. Nico Harkenbach said the fastest lap of the race. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean too much if you're outside the points or whatever. But he did it in a house. You know, Gunter Steiner is really doing something over a house. He, he's one of our favorite team principals. Everybody loves him. Anyway, laps, that's still still that same lap on uh, lap 27. Lewis Hamilton started complaining about his tires and they pitted him on the next lap on lap 29. Lap 28, actually. He pitted for soft tires, which was a bit confusing because you had about, if you're in lap 28 and you do 44 laps, you still had quite an amount of laps to go through. And I don't know if softs could hold up till the end, but we'll see what happened. Anyway, the next lap, Ferrari pitted Charles Leclerc in response to what Lewis had done. Because Lewis came out in fifth place behind Alonso, Leclerc, Perez and Max. Then Ferrari had their driver in third place, that was Charles Leclerc. They pitted him and it worked because he came out in third place ahead of Lewis. But still on that same lap, Lewis was chasing them down because he overtook Alonso for fourth place. So Alonso dropped to fifth while Lewis came closer to Leclerc. Dangerous. Lap 30, we saw other drivers pitting. We saw Sergio Perez was in second place. He pitted for soft tires, rejoined in second place behind Max. I trust the Red Bull strategy. I trust Mercedes strategy. So, softs were a good choice. Alonso in fifth place. They were wise to do what Red Bull and Mercedes did. They pitted him and he got softs and he rejoined in fifth place behind Lewis. And um, we saw Max Verstappen as well, the race leader, pitting. And he he pitted and rejoined again in first place. But that was so obvious because he had a 27 gap between himself and his teammate. So honestly and you only need about 20 seconds to pit like when you get into the pits and then you come out of the pits back on the track that could take you like 20 seconds or less and it's red bull they do it really quick so he had all the time in the world to pit and not lose a place and anyway if anything his teammate would have defended him so on the three laps later lap 33 he said the fastest lap of the race surprise then we saw gasly overtaking albon for 11th so albon dropped to 12th place. Now, on lap 34, I think Albon gave up and he pitted. And when he pitted, he came out of the pits in 18th place on the grid. On lap 38, we saw Esteban Ocon overtaking Yuki Sonoda for 9th place. So Yuki dropped to 10th. I was really rooting for Yuki in this race. But yeah, he dropped to 10th right on the edge. Right on the edge. He could miss a point anytime. But anyway, two laps later, lap 40, we saw something else. Diogo, when you overtook Daniel Ricardo for 15th place, so Daniel dropped to 16th. Albon also overtook Daniel Ricardo for 16th place, so Ricardo dropped to 17th. I mean, after pitting, he just went south. He just couldn't make up the places. That's why sometimes you don't like pitting. But you have to do it anyway because if you don't pit and your tires are whack, you're even going to lose more, 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 more places. So. And it is mandatory to pit in a race, so you got to do it because you have to use two Different tyre compounds in every Formula 1 race. You can't use one tyre compound. Unless the rules changed and I did not know. But anyway, we also saw more overtakes. This time on another driver that I absolutely described as fantastic before. That was Nico Halkenberg. On lap 41, Joe Yu overtook him for 14th place. So he dropped to 15th. Alex Albon also overtook him on that lap. So he dropped to 16th place. While Alex Albon moved up into 15th place. Now, two laps later, Daniel Ricciardo made a comeback on his former teammate, Nico Halkenberg. So he overtook Nico Halkenberg for 16th place. So Nico Halkenberg dropped to 17th place on the grid. And it was on this lap when Mercedes did something that left me on the edge of my seat. They pitted Lewis. He was running in fourth place. They pitted him for medium tyres. I know they were doing it to set the fastest lap, but it was risky. I thought, I'm not a strategist... But why didn't they give him medium tears before and then give him the softs later on? Anyway, I'll learn that when I go to Berkeley. But anyway, it wasn't as dangerous as I thought. because I still thought it was dangerous regardless. Because, you know, you could have that pit stop Valtteri Bottas had in Monaco when he was in a Mercedes. The one that lasted how many seconds? Minutes? The costume, everything. But in their thinking, I know they pitted him because he was not going to catch Charles Leclerc because Charles Leclerc was ahead of him in third place with six, a six-second gap. So with only one lap to go, surely, unless he just had a miracle, he was not about to catch Charles Leclerc unless Charles Leclerc made a mistake or the Ferrari caught fire. Do you remember that? So he was not going to catch Charles Leclerc. And also behind him, Alonso wasn't going to be able to take his fourth place because the gap between himself and Alonso was over 24 seconds. And remember, I told you, you need about 20 seconds or so to pit. I'm slowly becoming a strategist, so I could help out Ferrari. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It and I don't know anything to do with that. But yeah, so it made sense to pit him. But things can go wrong. What if the the tire jack gets stuck on the left reel or whatever? But yeah, he pitted and he came back in fourth place. So I know they pitted him for him to set that fastest lap and take that point away from Max Verstappen. God, I love the rivalry between the two of them. Maybe it's just pure competition. It's not rivalry. But yeah, Lewis came out of the pits and he successfully joined in fourth place. But he was now three seconds ahead of Alonso. But that was also safe because you only had one lap to go. Alonso couldn't catch up in a lap, cover three seconds in a lap. I mean, his his Alonso, but no, those are miracles too big right now in Formula One. Anyway, lap 44, Max Verstappen went on to win the race at the end of that lap. He won it, hear this, with a 22-second gap over his teammate Sergio Perez. He could have pitted and still come out to win the race. Wow. I don't know, is Max just so fast? Or, oh my God, he's a wonder. Anyway, he also said the fastest lap, but not for so long, because when Lewis Hamilton crossed the finish line, he took the fastest lap from Max Verstappen. So, Max went on to win the race. Lewis took the fastest lap of the race. So now, here are your official race results from Belgium. Max Verstappen won the race. Sergio Perez came second. Charles Leclerc finished third. Lewis Hamilton finished fourth. In fifth place was the man, the legend, Alonso. In sixth place was George Russell. In seventh place, impressively, in a car that had a lot of trouble this weekend, was Londoners. Not the weekend, but in the race. In eighth place was Esteban Ocon, in ninth place was Lance Stroll, and in tenth place was Yuki Tsunoda. In eleventh place was the Frenchman Pierre Gasly, and twelfth place was Valtteri Bottas. Oh, I miss Valtteri up on the grid. In 13th place was Joe Guan Yu, in 14th place was Alex Albon, in 15th place was Kevin Magnussen, and he broke my heart by finishing in 16th place, but I think it was not his fault, but that was Daniel Ricciardo. In 17th place was Logan Sargent, and in 18th place was another heartbreak, Nico Hagenberg, and uh, we officially had two DNFs, that was Carlos Sainz Jr. and Oscar Piastri. Now I hope you enjoyed my take on the Belgium Grand. I say Belgium, is it Belgium? On the Belgium Grand Prix. I will see you next time we go racing, which is going to be quite a while. But we will be going to Zandervoort in the Netherlands from the 25th to the 27th of August, and thereafter we'll go to Italy from the 1st to the 3rd of September, you know I love Italy, before we cross over to Asia for the Singapore, Japan, and then in the Middle East for Qatar, and then to the US for the US Grand Prix Mexico, then Brazil, then the US, then Abu Dhabi to finish off the season. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode as much as I did. Now, don't forget to connect with me. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. My name is Mbabazi Humura Ruth. That is spelled as M-B-A-B-A-Z-I. Humura is spelled as H-U-M-U-R-A. Ruth is R-U-T-H. And on Twitter, my handle is Humura Ruth, I think. Yes, it is. And on Instagram, it is at Humura Underscore Ruth. I had forgotten that. But thank you so much for listening in. I will see you next time we go racing. Bye bye.